Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. This second series of the podcast is presented under the banner of COVID Connections, and I will be chatting with several of the fabulous people with whom my path has crossed over these challenging past 12 months. My guest today is Lindsay McLaggan, a dance educator who is passionate about all things learning and teaching, with a focus on how she can support others to reach their potential. Behind her role within the dance sector, she loves spending time with her daughter, her dog, and the outdoors. She's come to realise that she never has the answers, but is always curious to learn and find out more about all things in life. Lindsay is also a lover of music and believes music can be the thing that changes the world. Welcome to today's edition of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Uh, Today, I am delighted to be joined by Lindsay. So, hey, Lindsay. Hi. How are you doing today? Very well. Thank you for having me on the podcast. That's it. Well, I'm sitting in my office and the most random weather has happened this afternoon. So it is an afternoon, so I don't have a coffee. I've just got a glass of water. Um, But we had a snow flurry about 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Sunshine. It was, it was the same when I was walking the dog in Dundee. I thought, it's really sunny. What's fallen? I thought it was blossom. I thought it was fallen from the tree. And then I realised it was snowflakes. I know. So, yes, a random weather day. Um, but there we go. Anyway, it is another COVID Connection podcast today. So Lindsay and I have connected through various campfires and AOB conversations um, and have discovered a few yeah, a few interest areas in common, which we may touch on in terms of talent development and performance and Things. So who knows where this next half an hour will go. Um, but as ever, uh, Lindsay, I'd love you to uh, share. And I think you've got two quotes. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So go on, go for it. Share, share your quotes and then we'll get an insight into why you have chosen them. So the first one, I think it'll lead into something nice about how we know each other, um, is by someone called Jediah Jenkins. And it says, your sense of self is built or broken by the company you keep. Oh, nice. I like that one. So do you want to talk about that one or do you want to share your second one and then we can come back to it? Yeah, we can talk about that one and then come back to the second one. Yeah, so, got, so what's made you pick that? What's what's made you bring that along? So before the last year, which has been chaotic in many ways, um, you are surrounded by people you work with, you're surrounded by your friends and your family. Um, and... I value all of them. I love them all individually. Um, they unlock something in me, all like a, a part of me that I kind of connect with them. Um, not we, we don't all have the same key to specific locks, but what I've realised over the last year is how fortunate I've been to connect with a lot of other individuals that wouldn't have crossed my path. Um, and I've kept... I, I've been drawn to them, not necessarily because they think the same as me or not because they, uh, they've just reaffirmed my thinking of the world, but because they challenge my thinking. Um, the amount of stuff that I, I listened to the podcast that you said, you've, you've done in the, previously with the other individuals from the campfires and EOB, and it is, I, it is correct. Like I, I feel like I've learned so much more than I ever would in a normal year. Um, throughout the pandemic so yeah Yeah. I feel really fortunate and and it's made me think how do I keep that company absolutely do you know I really love that analogy of like you just talked about different people hold different keys to different locks to unlocking bits of you I've never yeah I've never thought in that way before but it's a lovely 
it's kind of a beautiful way of sort of like bringing all your connections in and that we all have you know we'll have different relationships with, with different people um but yeah that different people like different sparks um so yeah I love that oh I'm taking that away already thank you <laughs> <laughs> and and you know I I just feel like you know I feel the same in terms of you know our paths wouldn't have crossed had it not been for coronavirus hence this covid connections podcast um and it's been you know it has and i agree that challenge of now how do we keep them live and how do we keep them going um and hopefully excitedly how do we meet up in real life a person but if a coffee i know i don't drink coffee i'll have okay. a, have a hot water and okay <laughs> i'll have your coffee for you i'll have double coffee that'll be okay and, and and you know it is weird isn't it like you've you've talked there about learning how much you've learned and you know i think it, it's really hard to sometimes to explain or to quantify the, the amount that we've learned just through conversation and somehow it feels almost um it does it a disservice when you say, oh, we just chatted at campfires. Um, but to know how much depth and how much questioning and, you know, things it's kind of opened up, um, I don't think I could possibly put a value on what I've learned in the last 12 months. I, I always, I mean, I totally agree. I, I think if any of my family and friends were to try and sum me up, they would. one of the attributes would be I'm a learning junkie. Um I have done so many, like, what qualification can I do next? What, <laughs> what training will I sign up for now? Um, that's been my mentality for years. Um, but what I've reflected on is I was always learning information, different topics, different themes, things that were attached to a qualification. And at some point, if I'm not um, using that or solidifying that, it just becomes gluttony of a lot of information where this year has made me stop in my tracks and go, it's not really about learning information from lots of different research or articles or authors or specific things. It's more a case of what am I learning about me? What am I learning about the world? And what am I learning about how people see the world? So Mm. I really had to think about how I perceive learning and because there was a moment in time where I probably would have been doing another master's or another degree or some sort. <laughs> I'm not really thinking why. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah, and that feels that feels so relevant in uh, you know some of the conversations that we've been involved in around you know challenge of attainment and learning and and remembering stuff for the sake of it. And um, and I'm really curious. So I'm curious to know from what you've just said, what have you learned about you in the last twelve months? Then what 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 are some of these things? what insight have they given you to to you that's been helpful I guess I've learned a lot about why I listen so much um I think in a previous uh, zoom meet that I'm sure you were at too I talked about the fact that I would be very shy at school and I would take on everyone's energy and at the time I was so young I wouldn't have known what I was doing and people used to think oh she doesn't talk that much or when I was asked a question my face would go bright red or I would well up with tears in my eyes be thinking everyone's looking at me rather than thinking about answering the question Mm -hmm. but I was so attuned to everyone else's emotional state that I was never realizing my own and I think 
my social and emotional intelligence has grown because of being in my own house, not being affected by so many people. And I'm choosing who is in front of me through a virtual screen. Um, yeah, so I've, I've, I've realised that that assertiveness, which I talked to with my daughter, I talked to uh, my daughter about the fact that our assertiveness is a superpower, but I think I've also learned that it was probably holding me back a lot. Mm, that's really interesting. And, and uh, uh, that idea of being in your own home and being able to act, that, that feels quite um, relevant, actually, you know, to some of the work I do in terms of, you know, maybe running assessments or, you know, having you know, professional discussions with people. And I, I have wondered sometimes whether being in your own home and maybe having your dog on your lap or your favorite coffee mug or those kind of things does that give you know does that give people a, a sense of security perhaps that if you'd have had to travel three hours drive to somewhere to sit in front of somebody and talk about something that mattered to you does you know does that set people up for their best so that's really interesting that you've said that you feel like it's kind of maybe given you access to different things because you've had that sign of kind of you haven't had to leave your home sometimes. And, and I think, I, I'm not sure about yourself, how you felt about many meetings and platforms and conferences being moved online, but I think it's given me permission to be myself. And I, I would be myself, but I would also not perform, but I would be, I would become the person I would expect that situation or environment to to be and when you walk through the building you would kind of become a chameleon mm. and this is enough this is a formal meeting or this is a form this is a meeting about x y and z where when you're going on to a zoom meet it's given me more position to show the real me to many more individuals mm. um and i don't know about you but i feel that because we have been at home, a lot more um, acceptance is there for the human in everyone of that mistakes happen or there are moments in time where our dog will start barking or your child will walk in the room or the postie will come with your packages that you bought online the previous week and have forgotten about. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I kind of feel like there's just more acceptance of um, being a, a relaxed and, and mm. um, inviting and welcoming situation or on in meetings and more uh, connection mm. definitely and that's something that a couple of us have talked about on these podcasts I remember you know Kenny the first one in this series we talked about that power of connection and, and Jack who's who, who's been on the podcast as well we talked about you know that the weirdness of being able to develop those connections and find that humanness in a online platform because had somebody told me that 12 months ago that you could develop connections and friendships and you know real insights into people in a, in the virtual world I'd be like really no nah, that's not possible and yet it is um and perhaps for a lot of the reasons that you've just talked about in terms of feeling more able to be yourself and, and listening uh, and hearing what people are saying beyond the barriers maybe we put up when we walk into a and even the buildings, you know, I'm just thinking, what do you what do you feel like when you walk into a library and how do you think you have to behave or in a school or in a, a theatre or wherever it might be? There's almost those rules that dictate how you show up. Um, and maybe we have been able to just be ourselves in our own environments, which is reflected in the conversations we have. Yeah. 
it's really weird though because a library used to be I lived right next to a library growing up and it was my favorite place to hang out two of my best friends we would just rock up to the library and sit there all day reading books drawn awesome as long as you didn't get thrown you didn't get thrown out for chatting then obviously so it perfectly fitted you if you were a quiet child well it would depend on the weather and the or we'd be playing in the down by the river um, amazing amazing so yeah that's, I love that first quote that you brought and you know the, the the people surrounding you um yeah are very important I'm taking away that idea of, of the lock and different people unlock different bits of you um and yeah and maybe if we maybe there's still parts of us that we haven't unlocked yet because we haven't met those people who understand how to bring the best out of us in that area and that feels quite exciting as well I know and there are moments where I can't seem to unlock a part of me that I go oh but I know exactly who to go to who I would call because I know that they they will be they will engage with me in the dialogue that I need at that time or I'll have an easy silence if it's my sister and we'll just kind of FaceTime each other and her kids are running around right in the background and I've got my house is chaos but we're just kind of watching each other cook yeah and isn't that isn't there a strange sort of companionship in that as well I know I've done a couple of art sessions with Lorna um who we've both met and and just and yeah just to have to be drawing or doing something with somebody else in the room but not in the room and yeah there's a strange type of companionship in that silence um which again we wouldn't have known 12 months ago before I don't I was trying to think I don't know if I ever went on a zoom or knew what zoom was before the pandemic no I didn't either I knew I did a lot of skype yeah I did Skype, but not Zoom. Anyway, that's a randomness. So second quote, I feel I feel the time is right for another quote. So the second one was um, from Lorna, Lorna Brown. She put it in the chat one day um, and it was learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. And oh. I, yeah, by my Pablo Picasso. And I had shared something uh, to the group and she was able to sum it up with just this quote, um, which is why I love it so much. Um, yeah. So, so why have you selected that then? Go on, give us an insight into knowing the rules and breaking the rules. Um, because I'm a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think I, I, a lot of the time, um, conversations that we have, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's with friends, um, I do like to understand things more, um, understand their perspective, understand the system, um, because there, there was a point where I thought I could change everything, uh, and I wanted to change everything, and I was naive to go, I'm going to change the world day by day, um, and when I mean that, I meant within my own sort of parameters of whether that was changing the cul-de-sac where I live or um the in the sector that I work with uh, within um but there needs to be a step back and I and I realized that quite quickly of you can't assume that you know if you if you're expecting something to change you've got to understand it first um because there might be um a, a perspective that you're not seeing it from um so yeah I think that's why I love that quote because it, it it just resonated with lots of different areas of my life 
Mm. And I love the word I'm drawn to in there is artist and this, the, this idea that, you know, breaking the rules and being an artist. And, and I think that's something I've really, um, has really been reinforced to me um, in, you know, in crossing paths with, with many more sort of creative practitioners is the, you know, is the importance that art is not just, art, art and creativity is not just about drawing pictures and painting stuff. It's about how we think, it's about how we see the world, it's about, you know, how we solve problems and how we maybe design solutions and those kind of things. Um, so I think that, had you had I heard that quote maybe 18 months ago, I think I would have taken a very different perspective on it. But now, you know, for me seeing that word and the word artist, it kind of opens up, it's like, yeah, it opens up a whole world rather than, you know, maybe just seeing things in our square boxes or silos and seeing it only from our perspective. Um, and that call to understand that feels really that feels really relevant for me. Yeah. And I'm drawn so I'm drawn to thinking as well. That that quote leads me to to thinking about some of the um conversations we've had recently in our talent jam sessions, which yeah. was a random idea from a random conversation we had, um, which fundamentally is about bringing people out of their silos and out of their boxes to talk about a topic which maybe connects us which is talent and give us opportunity to explore it from each other's perspective listen to how others perceive the same word and then perhaps I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm reminded of somebody in the first session we had saying I want to break the system and start again <laughs> so I'm, so your quote you know your quote reminds me of that because it feels like we're kind of trying to understand and and delve into it in order to okay how could we do this differently how could we um you know create an environment that supports talent or recognizes talent in a different way yeah because I, I mean i think it's it's really hard because our experiences will obviously impact on our perspective and and the, the talent jump was so unique for me and I learned a lot just by attending and listening to the other coaches, mentors, teachers, um, managers who turned up from a different domain, whether it be equestrian, whether it be golf, whether it be rugby, squash. Um, because even the word talent it's just misconstrued and, and misunderstood and, or misused in so many settings. And that I think what I've just taken from what you said is the importance of language and how we understand the words that we're saying. Because a lot of the time, words are introduced, um, like agency or grit or talent, and then they become buzzwords because mm. people aren't really investing time to understand whatever that word is meaning and really means within their profession so asking all the questions and listening I had to really consider my fixed mindset towards how I felt about talent um, and go okay what questions do I need to ask myself to uncover the subconscious bias that I may have around it mm. and I found it fascinating in our first conversation um, it's probably worth mentioning you you know you're talking from a dance perspective um and and I, you know I suppose my most of my experience is from a sport or people perspective in terms of talent and and we just what struck me was how much similarity there was in what we were talking about 
but then how it was applied and the context we were working, that's where the difference was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the questions we were asking felt quite similar and the things that puzzled us kind of were sort of similar. Um, so, yeah, there was something very um, intriguing for me about how much, okay, we are very, we come from very different um, contexts and yet the challenges that face us feel very similar. So there was a natural almost a a natural connection to say, okay, well, yeah, let's talk further. And without that conversation, you probably wouldn't have realised the similarities because it's camouflaged Mm. within different contexts. So you're like, oh. And then when you really have that time to go into breakout rooms and and discuss whatever the question or the provocation has been, that's when you realise it is similar. But when, when... when can you be in a position to, you probably need to edit but, but yeah. I, just, I just started a sentence that went, up. Oh. No, we love those. We love the thinking out loud stuff. The blooper moments. Anyway. I was, what I was thinking is, is there any other opportunity for me to be in that position to have that discussion with so many different coaches and mentors and teachers around that one topic for me to realise the similarities that are there absolutely and I think that is something that we talked earlier on about this you know wanting to keep hold of some of these connections and you know that it feels like a bit of a luxury sometimes that we've been able to you know come together sometimes with people on the other side of the world to talk about things which are really they feel meaningful for us so immediately you know we're all turning up with a bit of passion and a bit of enthusiasm um but yeah, it does feel like a luxury to be able to talk and, and meet new people who are equally as passionate about something that they happen to apply in their own um, their own world. And I think that, yeah, there's something, um, yeah, igniting or um, sparky about that. It feels like it's a, yeah, a, a nice, nice doesn't feel like the right word, <laughs> but, but a good place to be, an energetic place to be. Maybe that's what I want to say. And that passion was dormant for a while until we started talking about it again. I was like, oh, I forgot how into this I am. <laughs> and then our energies connected. And, and so, it, yeah, it did reignite that spark yeah. in me because I hadn't really been thinking about it for a while. Um, and I was so passionate about it before. But then when there, and I think that it relates back to my first quote, when you don't have those people around you, you're not really nurturing mm. that passion or that dialogue that you would have if it's just yourself all the time mm. it just peters out or goes quiet yeah and I, it interests you know I, I'm just wondering you know you talked about learning and qualifications and learning knowledge and probably at some point you've spent quite a bit of time or some time you know learning about talent and performance development and those sorts of things so you've got the almost you've got the foundations of of that which is locked away somewhere in your brain and then through these conversations and these connections, it's just kind of allowed that to jump back out again. And you're drawing on some of that knowledge and information that you've learned, but being able to picture it in a different way or make new connections because of other learning that you've done, um, which might be about yourself, but also it might be about listening to others and making those connections um, and being able to reframe reframe stuff in a, a way that means creatively opens up new possibilities yeah definitely because I transferred that knowledge and understanding of those topics to being my to the role of being a parent and 
and making sure that I help my teenager think about her mindset because growth mindset is a buzzword and it's going around and everyone's considering it and making sure you have a growth mindset within life and within school within your, your, your workplace but it is difficult because she swims and she plays guitar and she sings and most family and friends actually will say you're so talented and you could do all this work on growth mindset but I'm finding myself realizing how the two are connected and that despite the environment or the nurture at home or at school and trying to promote that growth mindset the fixed mindset is so each each nail in the coffin is happening because they're saying you're talented you're so talented you did really well you're just so you're going to do great in the exam you're so talented and I'm like <gasps> and, and then she's hard on herself when she does push the boundaries and she does take a risk and she does go for it I mean it's okay um so yes yeah, so it's trying to teach the underdog mindset as well so that you kind of go and you have to win from your successes as well as the the trips yeah and that was something that 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 I think came out in this in the second talent jam conversation we had, but that that felt quite um, it felt like it sort of read, brought home to a few people or, or made people sit up and think in terms of that label. You know, what does labelling somebody as talented mean or do to that person? But also, what if you never have that label? What does yeah. that do? And that sort of idea of, um, you know, actually somebody saying, and, and I suppose now if somebody saw oh, you so talented, I'm just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> because I've worked it almost feels like it um negates all of the effort and the hard work and the tears and sometimes blood sweat and tears um but also you look around and I wonder you know young people if you go into a school and you're in an educationally labeled as talented or not what if you're what if you're kind of given that actually you're never going to achieve something label what does that do to your mindset and your belief and your perspective and that oh all I'm ever good for is a I'm never going to achieve anything more than an f or whatever it might be Mm-hmm. you know how does that affect other people as well how they treat you and how you know, teachers or future teachers may respond if all they see is are oh, the students ever only ever gonna you know they're never going to achieve the heights of of good grades um or they're you know they're only ever going to be this as opposed to oh this is a star pupil they're going to be flying and how does that impact on how we perceive yeah other children relations and ourselves yeah because the thing is if you go back to the language growth mindset that they might be setting all the time within a training environment or an education environment they they are promoting it they know that they should value the product but then if they're always complimenting on not they should sorry they should always focus and um, make uh you know the process process that's the word the you're looking process. for the process <laughs> yeah, the process because at the end uh, when they're talking about talent they're they're focused they're they're complementing the product yeah um so it's contradictory to what they're trying to promote mm-hmm. and it, and it you know we started talking about this in terms of how does that affect you you know if you were a talented child or you never believed you had any talent how does that affect the mindset you bring as a coach a parent a teacher you know and how can you and I think this this is something that you talked about earlier that self-awareness how can you be more aware of the language you use what you're saying oh there we go there's an interruption my phone's ringing 
<laughs> I'll just say honestly today I've had about three phone calls nobody's left a message it's all like recorded random people <laughs> so it makes a change from it being my mum FaceTime me while I'm recording a podcast so there we go we'll leave that at that <laughs> but, I know but they are the idea of how we yeah how does it impact on on our approach then um when we're in positions of leadership or development or coaching or teaching or whatever it might be yeah and, and what are we looking for mm. what are we seeing and valuing higher than any other skill mm. when we identify that talent yeah and those are the types of questions that I think we will continue to explore in the talent jam because it it kind of feels like we've opened this little box and there's lots of stuff jumping out now and yeah we ha- we need to employ some of that artist's mindset to just yeah just take that step back and listen and kind of wonder what could it be um what environment could we create to support everybody to achieve their potential or or sometimes even firstly we need to help people realize that they actually do have a potential because if you've been labeled as in the bottom set or you know the you know you never picked for that sports team maybe that just gives you this idea that I've, you know I'm never going to achieve anything so what if we could open that up to give people the belief that they could achieve something you know mm-hmm. how might that impact on things differently and the passion and perseverance to kind of keep going mm. especially when things get tough which they do from time to time <laughs> like you always say Jane it's about having a question and then more questions multiply from that question yeah oh and that's definitely something we, we started with one well actually we started with the, with the very small question of what is talent or what does talent mean to you and realized that that was impossible to answer um, but what we ended up with is this massive list of questions which then to well what if we could, you know, what if we break the system? What if we started again? What, you know, what if we viewed talent in this way? Um, And I think that's the benefit of just bringing different people together um, Mm -hmm. and connecting in a different way. And, you know, I suppose all we've done is provided the space in which people can feel free to ask those questions, um, which maybe doesn't happen that much usually, or you have to deliberately seek out those opportunities to do that, if that makes sense. And we need to be brave enough to come into a room that is filled with a, a, a virtual room, a room that's filled with people who will think differently than them, that will probably challenge our thinking. Um, to only work for people that want to really figure out why they think the way they think. Mm. Yes, that's an interesting, yeah. You're just looking to reinforce what you already know. Yes. So I'm looking for people that are going to tell me that what I know is right. And confirm your own narrative yes absolutely and so I'm just I, I, this is a random question I like to go random questions but something's just come to mind as we were talking around um the talent development stuff and the different the dance and those kind of things and you know I was you know that that you've talked you talk about dance having diff, different aspects like in terms of musicality and technicality and, and those kind of things and um I find it fascinating almost that when we talk about talent and assessing them, sometimes we we just focus in really narrowly on one of those things, which might be technicality and almost the other two, which are equally as important, just kind of get lost. And it's maybe the same for sport. You know, we focus on can they do the skills and the drills, but maybe not about how 
people craft those skills together and you know connect them and and look at you know how to make decisions and and I think you know definitely there is there is much greater awareness awareness now within the sports domain um but how you know how how do you as a as a you know dancer look at those different different areas and kind of combine them I suppose and you know which which the things that you kind of need to learn first or is it a case of learning all of them at the same time well every everyone's journey is unique um I think it's difficult if we're looking at talent um dance can be seen as a sport and an art form so you've got the element where the dancer is seen not just as an artist but as an athlete depending their, their body is their tool there's their vulnerability there their body is their identity but also they are the way in which they use that tool and their self-expression within that and how they connect to the art form is another layer of their identity so it really depends on where that's being nurtured um, because the culture, the teacher who is delivering the dance session and creating that environment might have, like I said before, certain values or certain strengths to what they will teach, um, which means that that is being nurtured, that has been developed. Um, and then they usually stay with the same teacher for a long period of time. Um, so, but if they broaden the horizons and go to other teachers, they're able to have more tools for um, them to play with. Uh, you've got the likes of their performance skills, um, the, the technical skills. Um, there's a range of dance skills that they can develop and nurture. Um, or, and I think this is this is the big thing, in the dance sector, the, the, the dance Performing, being a dancer, isn't the only occupation. You can nurture your creativity and how you direct and choreograph. You can nurture creating programs for the community to get involved in. Is it more about performance and um, being more elite? Or is it about using dance as a social form where you're wanting to make connection and make art that's a little bit more... Um, connected to the human mm-hmm. um so yeah and that that it feels almost on a it feels like we're talking on a different level about this idea of being in silos we've <laughs> on, on, on one on one level we've talked about like different sectors being in silos and and kind of seeing our own like we see the sport world or the dance world or the arts world or education um and almost within a discipline within that almost it feels like you've just described that on a different level in terms of you know maybe you get siloed into one teacher or one specific form of dance or one kind of pathway almost you're on that pathway to becoming a elite dancer or you're becoming you're on this pathway to becoming a teacher or this pathway and almost when you're on that it feels difficult sometimes to get off and put your head above and see other see those other things so it almost kind of feels like we're recreating that silo mentality at different levels almost. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing what your interests are or listening and being intuitive to go, I'm really passionate about this aspect of dance and that will lead you on a very windy journey. It's never going to be straight uh, and simple. Or acknowledging why you're attending the classes you're attending. Is it because your peers are there? Is it because you're, you're, you're following your parents passion or are you developing your own passion 
Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that feels that feels like quite a nice sort of place to pause. And, and I usually finish these off by offering a few reflections on things that I've heard. And, and that while I'm doing that, it buys you time to think about anything you want to finish and sum up, <laughs> sum up with. So there is a reason as well. And, but I love, yeah, I love that idea of follow, finding your own passion and find, and that really, that feels like it connects to me. Um, there's something you said earlier on about, you know, you've had the opportunity to learn more about yourself and you know what drives you and what motivates you and and you know if we can support through the interventions we make whether it be under the label of talent or development or whatever it might be it's about help you know finding ways of of you know enabling all of us to find out what our passion is and providing a um I don't know whether it's a map because part almost I'm reluctant now to use the word pathway because it feels like if we use the word pathway you're directing people where they should go and actually, this is about creating opportunity for us all to develop those connections based on following our passion and our interest and the connection of energy. Um, and, and the thing I keep coming back to in my head just through this conversation is that idea that you talked about in terms of different people unlocking different parts of you. And I think from even maybe maybe if we you know, plant that on top of the talent development conversation, you know, it's not just relying on one thing or one person or one intervention to unlock your whole potential. It's about knowing that actually there's there's lots of different ways of doing that. And um, it's about ourselves being open enough to recognise when one of those um, keys to unlocking something is in front of us and seizing the opportunity. So I love that. And I'm definitely carrying that analogy forward. <laughs> I really like that. So thank you for sharing that. And and yeah, you know, opportunity for you just to, you know, finish with any reflections from yourself on what we've talked about. Or in the spirit of these podcasts, it could be something completely different. Um, well, I did think about bringing another quote, but I thought, no, that's too far, Lindsay. Um, I know you, you can. It, quotes are always welcome. <laughs> no, I think just, I mean, we did go on a bit of a tangent here and there in the conversation, but I think it's just realising that no one can give attention to everything. And it's... I always used to think to myself, okay, I want to do this, this, and this. And I did want to achieve everything, but I can't, and I can, there's no limit that I'm putting on myself. I can't do it all at once. Um, and I can't think about everything all at once. So it's just about dedicating my attention to where it's needed, where and when. Yeah. That feels like a very relevant place to, to finish this podcast. So um, thank you for being my guest. And I look forward to many more conversations and a hot water and a coffee in person at some point. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Coffee and Conversation podcast, the podcast that celebrates great people making amazing things happen. My thanks again to my guest, Lindsay McLagan, and also to you for listening. Until the next time, take care.